scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke. If you'd like to read along, the page number is printed on the front of your bulletin, and there's a Bible in the bench in front of you. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exhausted. Will be exalted. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but, but Golda Meir said, don't be so humble, you're not that great. <laughs> you may remember that I read this passage a couple of weeks ago. I'm tempted to make a joke about summer reruns, but in this era of streaming video, that phrase may no longer have meaning. Two weeks ago, my focus was on the Pharisee. It's hard to imagine anyone getting to the end of this story and thinking, oh, I want to be just like that Pharisee. Despite his religious pedigree, there's something deeply dishonest about the Pharisee. He congratulates himself and pretends it's a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank God that I'm not like other people. There are seeds of violence in the way that he looks at other people, as if they are not quite people at all. So fooey on the Pharisee. But the other character in this story is the tax collector. And this is why I want to revisit the story, because it's equally hard to imagine anyone getting to the end of this story and thinking, oh, I want to be just like the tax collector. <laughs> the tax collector stands at a distance, his eyes are downcast. We're told that the man strikes himself. He smote himself on the breast. Can we just admit that the smiting of oneself is not attractive behavior? <laughs> I don't think we look at someone who is incapable of meeting our gaze and think, if they start hitting themselves, that would certainly improve the situation. <laughs> Clearly, the Pharisee serves as a negative example, but are we really supposed to follow the example of the tax collector? Does God want us to keep our eyes downcast? Are we expected to use violence against ourselves? The tax collector treats himself in a way we should never treat others. 
And then the story ends. Jesus says, I tell you that this man, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified before God. Is that really the end of the story? Although Jesus tells us that the tax collector went home justified before God, we never see it happen. To be clear, we never see the moment in which the tax collector relinquishes his self-loathing and accepts God's mercy. So here's the question. Do you think the tax collector knows that he is going home justified before God? Does he turn the corner from self-abasement to trusting in God? We never see it happen. The tax collector makes a great display of self-loathing. He begs for mercy, but at the end of the story, we have no reason to believe that he's changed any of his behavior. The tax collector doesn't renounce his occupation, which is problematic. He doesn't promise to make amends. We don't have the satisfaction of seeing his life transformed in any way. The story only tells us about his misery. The Pharisee and the tax collector have this in common. Neither of them is really listening. They come to the temple to talk. They disclose themselves in monologue. They reveal what they think about themselves. The way we think about ourselves can get in God's way. Having an inflated opinion of yourself can get in God's way, but being crippled by self-doubt can get in God's way too. If arrogance is a kind of spiritual deafness, we can be rendered equally deaf by our self-loathing. The way we think about ourselves can be artificially high, or it can be artificially low. It is artificial either way. God does not show up where we imagine we should be. God shows up where we are. Spiritual growth requires us to surrender those parts of ourselves that are artificial. The very first Quakers often wrote about this phenomenon. It is fearsome, fearsome to be held in the light of God. The light searches us. In the light of Christ, we are revealed to ourselves. We see the work that needs to be done in our own souls. In fact, our spiritual ancestors were called Quakers in part because this winnowing work of the Spirit sometimes caused them to tremble. When God appears, we are revealed to ourselves. In the illuminating x-ray searchlight of God's presence, we have to decide how will we spend our energy? Will we cling to what is familiar about the self and by the tightness of our grip hope to preserve it? 
Or will we listen for how God is calling us to change? Do we maintain executive control over our identities? Or do we trust in God to reveal a deeper, truer self? The revelation of a deeper, truer self will probably change the directory of our lives. It will mean we are not the people we thought we were. Are we really open to that kind of life-changing work? Neither the Pharisee nor the tax collector represents an ideal. Although they are both stuck in different ways, they are both stuck. They perceive themselves in ways that make it difficult for them to hear how God is at work. The Pharisee is deafened by his arrogance. The tax collector is deafened by his self-loathing. Jesus uses the example of the tax collector in a very intentional way. To those who are confident in their own righteousness, Jesus offers the shocking assessment. It would be better for you to be stuck in a place of discomfort. It would be better for you to be full of doubt. At the beginning of the passage, Jesus says, to those who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Jesus didn't address this story to the people who were like the tax collector. Jesus addressed this story to the people who were like the Pharisees. And to those people, Jesus says, you are more debilitated in your place of smug self-congratulations than this hypothetical tax collector. Because those who are comfortable in their artificial selves are less likely to change than those who are miserable. Even though we don't see the tax collector change, we hear him cry out to God for mercy. We can expect that change is on the horizon. Precisely because he is comfortable, the Pharisee is less likely to change. Why should he change when he is entirely right about everything? And to the person who is stuck in a place of comfortable self-congratulation, Jesus offers the example of this tax collector as a shocking antidote. The tax collector, I don't think, is meant to serve as a universal example. The tax collector is an antidote for those who are confident in their righteousness. I want to point this out because I think we need to become more practiced in our humility. And if we think that humility means smiting ourselves, then we are really missing the point. Instead of belittling ourselves, humility is a way to accept responsibility. This is important. Humility is a way to accept responsibility. We don't see everything there is to see. We have blind spots. We are blind even to ourselves. There are places inside of us that we don't see very well. Humility is a way of accepting responsibility for these limitations. We need help in finding our true selves we need help in challenging the false self that gets in the way of 
who we are meant to be. Humility informs our capacity to listen. The greater your humility, the greater your capacity to listen. Those who are deeply humble will listen deeply to everyone. The most humble among us will listen for how God is speaking through our children, through the outcast, even through those who consider themselves our enemy. When God appears, we are revealed to ourselves. Those who are humble will accept this revelation even when we are not flattered, even when we are stretched beyond what is comfortable, even when we are dislodged from a place of security and predictability. It is fearsome to be held in the light of God. Being humble allows us to release some portion of that fear as we become less insistent on preserving a particular sense of self, we become more open to the surprising way that God may be speaking in our hearts. Friends, what is the false self that gets in your way? Do you trust in God to reveal a truer, deeper self? Will you listen to those who perceive you in a way you do not perceive yourself in order to listen and to grow?